Welcome back to the Mask You Get a Q podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm pleased to be joined today by Chris Gosselin and Beth Hughes here at the annual fall conference. Chris is the digital learning coach at Sanborn Elementary School in the Andover Public Schools and is a member of the MassQ Board of Directors as the chair of Outreach and Engagement Committee. Beth Hughes is a high school English teacher at Wakefield High School and a district site coordinator at the virtual high school. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So here we're going to talk a little bit about student voice in your presentation today. Uh, your presentation is called Engage, Empower, and Amplify, Finding and Promoting Student Voice in the K-12 Environment. So tell us a little bit about your presentation. Sure. So, well, first of all, Brandon, I think it's really cool that we're doing a podcast live at conference. That's pretty cool. Um, we, uh, we're really excited to be here. This is our, how many years have we been presenting? Many, many years. Many years. Probably, this is probably our sixth year presenting, fifth year, something like that. Um, and this year we're, we're, we're tackling a, a hot topic right now in, in education, and that is student voice. Uh, we're we're going to be looking at and sharing strategies um, to help teachers who hopefully, you know, those who come to our session, even though it's, last, it's the last slot, Brandon, but we're hoping we can get some people to show up. You guys um, are coming in as the closer. We're the closer. The anchor. We're the anchor. Right. The yeah, anchor, anchor leg. That's right. That's Fine. right. That's good. I like we're, that. And, um, but no, we're, we're hoping teachers come who are curious about how, ways that, you know, we, we hear buzzwords all the time. Like student voice is, is a buzzword. And we, we like to demystify these buzzwords and make them more realistic and help teachers find ways to engage student voice, then amplify it, um, through which we're then able to empower our students as learners. I, so I don't know what your presentation is going to be about yet. We talked a little bit about it, but I see the chemistry that the two of you have together. What's the what, what's the previous interaction here that you guys? Where did, how did you guys meet? How did you come together professionally? So Chris and I both worked at Wakefield High School before he was a defector and he left me behind. <laughs> um, I'm not bitter. I'm still working through that. Um, and so, but he had higher dreams. We were both English teachers at the high school level, and he um, wanted to really work with digital learning in a more direct capacity, not just through the classroom. And so we kind of, he jumped on board. I had read a few books about reading and um, trying to make a difference in the classroom and kind of bringing our kids back to the love of reading after they had uh, fake read most of the time and aren't <laughs> ready for college. And Chris jumped on and then we presented, I think our first one at MassQ was about that, getting students to read and love reading again. And then it sort of kind of, I would say exploded. I don't know if it mushroomed. It really did explode. And we, um, I just think there's a book in us. I feel if anybody's listening that has connections to a book deal, <laughs> if you could wink twice, I can't see you. But so we do, yeah, so we do feel like we have all of this information that, um, you know, is in us. And so I feel like we work well together, which is good. And, but he is dead to me because I didn't know about today. So here you go, Chris. <laughs> Back to you in the studio, Chris. <laughs> so this was kind of sprung no, on it, Beth. That, that is not true. <laughs> just she, she had at least one day notice. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but, but you know, I, and I, as Beth was sharing that, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Beth did, yeah, we read Donald Miller's The Book Whisperer. And, and, you know, Beth being an absolute, like, rock star, expert English teacher. No, really. And, but... And then through my lens as the digital learning, you know, specialist, I think that we were able to make some some connections between at that time when we first started um, between 
um, promoting a love of literacy mm -hmm. using digital tools. And I think that was really the basis of why we ended up at Maskew and presenting at Maskew. Our sessions have evolved over the past couple of years. Like we, we've done um, sessions on real world tasks. We've done, uh, last year we did a, a session on authentic assessment and, and really think of it as a trilogy. This year, <laughs> we've, we've, we've Star, rounded like it up. Like Star Wars, yeah, but less Yeah, like Star death. Wars, but yeah. like maybe like... No one's, dad, no one's dad died. Yeah, no one's dad died. But there's nine, there's nine years, um, I'm sorry, nine movies, right? Right, in maybe. Right. So, <laughs> nine years, hopefully. But anyway, the, um, you know, I think that student voice is a great catch-all for a lot of things sure. to talk about. Sure, And uh, in our session, we're going we're gonna to challenge our teachers to really think about how they are moving beyond just being the voice in the classroom, mm -hmm. right at the front of the room, um, where you know we have we have slides where we, we have one slide where there's a there's a cartoon of a teacher at the front of the board at the front of the room saying, "I know you're all as excited as I am about today's lesson, but the kids are sleeping," and right, and might, right. while that might be a parody and that right. might be an exaggeration. Um, you know, we think about the levels of engagement and how we are engaging our students. And so many of our students are, are just not engaged by the, right. the practices that are happening in classrooms today. Right. And, you know, I was a social studies teacher for 15 years. And it, the same thing. We're like, hey, we're going to talk about the gold standard today. Yeah. <laughs> the supply side economics. Did and you dress up like Ben Franklin? Right. And the kids, are, the kids get real <laughs> into totally it. Gets them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it hooks them. It's the, you know, and you grow out the mutton chops or the Van Dyke mustache or something yes. like that. And the kids just look at you. They're like, this guy is definitely not right. Um, but like, oh I, I get where you're coming from. That student voice piece. It, it's too often it's in the old teaching practices, it was the teacher stood in front of the room and it was the sage on the stage. You want, you want to be on the side and you want to be guiding the learning. Uh, and, and you guys are obviously talking about that in your presentation. Yeah, and I feel like it's a huge thing because I think most of us think you deliver the content, the students are listening, they answer all the questions at the right time, they're little scribes. I think it's stage on the you know, stage on this. Good Lord, stage. edit that out, please. Sage on the stage and <laughs> scribes in the seats. And so the students raise their hand. They do all of that. Um, but there's no learning happening. It's right. just compliance. So yeah, I think Chris right, and I right, are really right. trying to tap into how do we engage the students, and not just during our class because they'll go with us on the crazy train, but when they leave our classroom, how will um, the students continue to kind of grapple with and think about the content? I don't think we're disillusioned to think that they literally think from 2.30 until 7.05 about my English class, although mm. probably half of that they do. Um, but probably not the whole time. Um, well, but that's why I, they call it the Great Gatsby and not just the Gatsby, it's right? It's not just the Mech Gatsby, right? It's the Great Gatsby. So, so I do feel like it's about um, engaging and not just being compliant, which yeah. is what we see all the time thinking, hashtag nailed it, right, right as teachers. Right, right, right. Nailed right, it, right? right? Like, and I, I think that... That that's you know like and going back to the technology piece too like I think I think that when we think about engagement and technology which is I think where we're, we're what we're getting at in the presentation as well we we all too often think that there's a tool that's going to do it we're going to introduce a tool that is going to magically solve all the problems in our teaching and that's just not the case that's the, that's not how it works I think that what we argue is is that as a as a teacher. The greatest tool that you have. This is like a. This is a good line. We should add it to the slide deck. But like, but we have to. We have to. But like, no. But you know, thinking about like the greatest tools we have in front of us are our students, right, and their voice right. to help and to help engage that learning process. And it's not a single tool. We offer suggestions, right? There's a slide in our on our slide deck that shows like all the 
hundreds of tools that we've used. Some are really great, some not so great. We've had success with some. Maybe we've some we've just done once and we decide not to use it again because it didn't work. Right, and then there are some that you love and then the students don't love. Right. Or some that you love and they just kind of fall apart after a while. And it's that, that constant evolution is a big thing too, I think. Right. You know, to think about how... You know, one thing we're, we're going to work on is, you know, Nancy Sulla has this great quote that schools must embrace the importance of engagement in the learning process and ensure that students build the skills to engage purposely, meaningfully in learning activities. And that, I feel like, is the root of what we're going for, right? Because if, if we're unable to engage our students, the bottom line is they're not going to learn, right? We often hear the term, um, students are ready or available to learn. And I feel like, you know, there could be a variety of reasons why a student might not be available to learn at that particular time or moment. But I also think that part of it is on the teacher too, right? That, that it's your responsibility to create those engaging experiences for kids so they are able to um, better participate in the learning process. Yeah, so, so what kind of tools do you guys look at um, to try and better engage students in your classes or in your buildings? Sure, so one tool that I have found to be really, <laughs> sorry, I was getting my picture taken. <laughs> We're famous already and the podcast hasn't even gone live or closed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you Forrest Gumped it. <laughs> um, no, one tool that, that I've had uh, a lot of success with is Flipgrid, yep. uh, which you know I think for me has really been a game changer. Um, it's it's so easy to use mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's something that I feel that uh, is very accessible for all learners, um, and they've been really thoughtful at Flipgrid, um, and now Microsoft uh, for Education, who acquired Flipgrid last summer, um, really thoughtful about making the tool available to all learners mm -hmm. um, and accessible to all learners. Um, where basically Flipgrid, if you're not familiar with it, it's a it's a opportunity for students to record a video of them. Uh, reflecting on their learning. Mm -hmm. um, they've introduced some new features which are really cool that include a, a, a digital whiteboard so they can like draw out. Like, so for example we use it in math where a student might start and say oh hi so and so I just want to show you how I, I solved this problem in math today um, and then they'll flip to the whiteboard and they'll actually use a stylus on their touch screen device and show their thinking live. Like, like a Khan Academy style exactly. video. Exactly. Right, they can right. make them so easily and then they share them um, with their class grid, and then that teacher can use them as a really authentic form of assessment on student learning. So I've really, really enjoyed Flipgrid, and I think it's been very effective, at least at my level, at the K-5 to level. Um, and, you know, again, like going back to student voice, I'm able to um, facilitate opportunities for my students to share their voice in an authentic way mm -hmm. by using that tool. Yeah, and it's free. Totally free. Which is the be one of the best things. Oh, totally. And you can use it on almost any device. Right. Any device. Um, it actually used to not be, it used to be very not free. It yeah. was $100 right. Um, an educator uh, a year. Uh, and when Microsoft acquired it, they were able to alleviate that. So uh, it's now free. It's used all over the country. It's a yeah. great tool. Yeah. And Beth, tell me a little bit about, we talked before about passion blogs. What is a passion blog? Well, to be clear, I feel like I need to say that Chris does not work for Flipgrid, <laughs> nor does he receive any little kickbacks for a couple the of stickers here and long there commercial for oh he does get stickers never mind crash edit that out um so i came up with something completely inspired by catlin tucker who was our keynote several years ago who's incredible and who's California. a yeah. rock star yeah. and i want to marry her brain so <laughs> she did a couple times you know tweet back to me it was very exciting she doesn't know who i am but um you it's, screenshotted it's, them and saved them it, as your I as your so header did. Yeah. oh my gosh i framed in her living room it's a little weird but <laughs> okay that's too much information overshare chris um and 
And so one of the things that she talked about was how her students blog. And so I kind of took the, like we do in education, I took a little seed and then it sort of exploded into this massive project. But my students choose a topic that they're passionate about. And my whole issue has always been that um, students just write in a vacuum mm -hmm. and they write for Teacher Lady. And so it's completely um, artificial and the audience is, is artificial. And so my students will um, pick a topic that they're passionate about. And I have a permission slip just so that the parents are on board with this because I am creating, uh, forcing minors, most of them, to create something online. Um, they don't use their last name, first name, and last initial. Some of them use a pen name. Um, and they don't do any school identifier. So that's right off the bat to be safe. Um, but they have blogs anywhere from baking with grandma's recipes where they do like a step-by-step -step and they have pictures just like a real baking yeah. blog would be. They, I have students that, um, one girl is doing a project that um, is on feminism and all topics related to women and, and uh, women's rights. Um, students will do sports blogs. Like it's whatever interests them that they can handle writing about for 10 months together. Um, and what's kind of cool is it creates a positive digital footprint for the students. So we always start by Googling ourselves yeah. and go to images to yep. see what Ding Dong posted a picture of us, maybe from a party that got public that won't go away. Um, and so now this is the first thing that comes up when the students um, will Google themselves. And students will use it as an extra... Um, piece to their application process for yeah, college. that's great. And so one of my students did one on mental health and her grades were so-so. She actually missed quite a bit of school because of mental health issues. And her um, letter from, I think it's Emerson, but I might be misquoting, but her letter um, from the school in Boston that she attends said, um, we were so impressed with your passion blog that we have decided to give you a shot. Yeah, Olivia. So it was all sorts of amazing. So students are using these, and what I love is there's 3.2 billion users on the internet, and that's the audience and not just teacher ladies. So yeah, it's, right, it's right, kind right. of an amazing thing, and when you see how they design them and kind of make it their own, and, and it's the ultimate... Um, voice. And one of the quotes I love from Susan Cain's Quiet book, um, she says, the same person who would never raise his hand in a lecture hall of 200 people might blog to 2,000 or 2 million without thinking twice. Right. So the feminism blog that I referenced earlier is probably one of the best projects I've seen in the 60 years I've done this. And she does not speak in class. Wow. She's very, very quiet, wow. but she yeah. has a voice and has lots to say, and she can do it um, from the comfort of her computer. She, and she doesn't need to speak in class. She does not need to speak. And that's right. and one of the things that Kristen mentioned, that's not what voice is. So for voice is just having the students feel like they're safe enough to express, and if they want to express online or if they want to express in class by raising their hand, that's great. But Susan Cain's whole premise is that the loudest ones are the ones that get the attention, not necessarily the smartest ones right. or the ones that we should listen to. Right. And as one of the loud ones, and I think you'll probably agree with me, yeah. we get a lot of attention. Yeah. We do. And unfortunately, it's kids like that that get left behind. It's so great yes. that you're able to amplify their voice. Yes. With a project like that. We also get podcasts. 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 You get dragged into podcasts. Podcasts. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> So, Chris, tell me about the Mask you Champions program. Sure, yeah. Good shift. Uh, so. <laughs> seamless. seamless. Seamless segues. Seamless segues. It's so, um, yeah, just a little... Speaking of champions. Speaking of champions. <laughs> here we are at Gillette Stadium. Pretty cool we're doing a podcast looking out on the field at Gillette I know, Stadium. Right, right. That's pretty awesome. I feel, yeah. Cool pass. 7-0. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully there's 7-0. 8-0? 7-0. 7-0. Hopefully there's 7-0 uh, when this podcast airs. We're hoping. Um, so... No, so we have a brand new initiative with MassQ. We're really excited about it. It's something we've been actually working on and iterating and thinking about for years, and we were this year we're going for it. Um, it's it's an ambassador program to empower user uh, empower MassQ members from around the state 
to really champion our organization. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you're involved in MassQ, uh, you know, and, and especially, you know, those who are on the board, um, it's, it's really no secret that we are a very Eastern Massachusetts heavy sure, organization. Sure, and it's something sure. we're really working on, and we're very mindful of that. And that's what I tell people when I, when I go out to Worcester or Western Massachusetts and have conversations about MassQ. I, I tell them that this is something that we're working on. Um, it, it is at the forefront of our minds. It's actually part of our strategic plan for MassQ for, uh, for 2019 through 2021, I believe is what our plan goes into, um, to really engage members all across Massachusetts. So one of the ways we're going to do that is we've developed this program called MassQ Champions. Um, you know, it's funny, when we were trying to come up with a name for the program, uh, we, were, we were going back and forth on different types of names. We had all lots of ideas. I won't say what they are because then people will just say, well, that idea was better than MassQ Champions, right? <laughs> and then, but, um, we like MassQ Champions. Right, we like MassQ Champions. We like MassQ Champions. We like MassQ Champions. Uh, no, it's a great name. And, and it's funny because I, we were at a meeting um, over the summer at Gillette Stadium. As you, know, as you probably can understand, there's a lot of work that goes into this, this conference. And right. we come onto site to have meetings. And we're actually in the... Um, administrative offices of Gillette Stadium, which was a pretty cool experience. And I was sitting with Raina Friedman, our president, and Shelley Chamberlain. And this idea of what this program was going to be called was in our minds. And I looked around and I saw the name of the conference room. And it was the Champions Conference Room. And in that moment, I said, that's it. Uh, it right? It's yeah, Champions. It's Champions. champions. Mass Champions. <laughs> uh, no, but so, so the idea of the program is this. All right. We're looking for people to apply. Uh, ideally, we, you know, we're going to find two or three representatives from each region of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have clear-cut regions. We'll we'll make that clear when we figure that out. Um, but we we figured there's about seven or eight different regions of Massachusetts. Um, the idea is we're going to build a cohort of teacher leaders around Massachusetts. Uh, for people who are who are excited to talk about MassQ, excited to represent the organization in a new way, these are not going to be board members. Um, it, they could be committee members. If you're on a MassQ committee, we invite you to apply to be a MassQ champion. Um, and we're looking for people who have a variety of experience within the field of innovative teaching and learning and who are very present uh, on social media and in other ways about sharing what great learning looks like right. and what great teaching looks like. I think that one of the most exciting things about this program is really we're modeling it after, you know, through a cohort model where we're, this is not just going to be a, oh, you're signed up, you get a badge on social media, right? No, it's not going to be like that. We're actually going to bring these champions together in January for a training. Uh, Neely Bartley, who wrote Lead from Any Title, um, she's an amazing resource, a local educator. She's going to be co-facilitating the training with me in January uh, where we're going to talk about what it takes to build capacity, uh, not only within an organization, but within a community and within a region. Um, so these, these champions, after they're accepted, will attend the training. Um, we're going to have meetings throughout the year to check in. Like I said, it's a cohort model. It's not just a, you know, you know set it and forget it type thing. Right. We want to engage our champions throughout the year. Um, and they're going to do things like host a queue up, which are our new social events, which are super exciting. So we'll ask that each champion or team of champions hosts one queue up in their region uh, a year. We'll also ask that they host at least one professional development opportunity in collaboration with our PD committee a year. 
Uh, we'll have them be present at conference, uh, helping us staff Q Central and Q West and maybe other parts of the conference experience, um, as well as attend um, other MassQ events throughout the year. Some other ideas we're working on too is maybe they'll co-lead a Twitter chat with our communications committee uh, once or twice a year and then collaborate with our new MassQ badging program uh, again with the PD committee. So that's a lot to ask for, but you get some pretty great stuff. Not only do you get a free MassQ membership, if you're a MassQ champion, this is really exciting. You're going to get a complimentary admission to both two days at the fall conference and one day at the spring oh, conference, cool. which is a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, and the alarm is going off. He has a thing, over there. a thing over there. There's a thing over there. So, time's up. Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> time's up. No, but uh, so, and we have some other plans. We're going to get some cool MassQ champions apparel and some, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll give you a social media badge because who doesn't love a social media badge? You put it on your email. Um, but we, we, the, the idea is, Brandon, that we're building a, a cohort of teacher leaders who are passionate about MassQ, who want to get more involved, um, but within their specific region of right, Massachusetts. Right, right, because, because really that's where authentic engagement happens. Um, where, where, you know, like I am from, I'm, I live in Cambridge, right? I might have an idea of what's happening in the, in the area of Cambridge, that, that area of, of Massachusetts, but I don't know what's happening in Western Massachusetts. Right. So instead of pretending that I, you know, know what they need, what those teachers need in Western Massachusetts, I want to partner with teachers in, in Western Mass to tell me and tell MassQ what they need. That's the idea. That's so we're a great really idea. excited right. about this program. Right. I love it. I love the idea. It's a great idea, and it's nice to see MassQ expanding its reach to all four corners of the state. Uh, yeah. You know, you think about Massachusetts as a state. You've got people out in Provincetown and Nauset in that region, yep. all the way out to Williamstown. It's right. Five, you know, it's five hours between That's those two. That's a lot. Between the two, so there's a lot of regions to cover, mm -hmm. and I think this is a great program. I said this at a recent board meeting when we were talking about this program. I recently, uh, last spring, I went out to um, Palm Springs to the Q Conference, which is the California and Nevada ISTE affiliate, and I had a really great conversation with their executive director, John Crippo, and. And I said to him, I said, John, if you can connect Las Vegas with San Francisco and Los Angeles, we can connect Cape Cod with Western Massachusetts. Yeah, absolutely. And that was really just a, a, a you know, for me, that solidified for me. When I saw the work that they were doing, I was like, we can do this too. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, uh, you know, Beth Hughes and Chris Gosselin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. First Brandon. ever live recording of the Mask You Get a Q podcast. We're trailblazers. Trailblazers. We really are. Yes. So hopefully we'll make this an annual thing. Hopefully. All right. Let's do it. That's All awesome. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and anywhere podcasts can be found. This is the Get a Q podcast from Mask Q, here to educate, connect, and inspire.